Welcome to What Has My Attention, and this is John Beethan. This episode is titled, Why Plan Ahead? And the topics came from Marguerite Lorenz and feature Marguerite, her guests Amber Anderson and Barbara Norman, who all can be contacted from the show notes. Marguerite, Amber, and Barbara define success for themselves and enter into an engaging conversation about the importance of financial planning, estate planning, and the role of professional advisors. They emphasize the need for planning ahead for financial security and estate distribution, even when the future is uncertain. Now, here's why plan ahead. Marguerite, Barbara, and Amber, welcome to the show. So why don't you each give yourselves a, you know, like just a, you know, a brief introduction to yourself. Uh, Barbara, go ahead. Hi there. Um, thanks for having me on the show. I'm Barbara Norman, certified financial planner. I've been in business for over three and a half decades. I'm probably too young to be saying that. Um, I am the founder of Sage Pass Solutions. We do our best work with newly divorced, widowed, and divorced women. Um, I'm the founder of the Women's Financial Academy, and I have a newly out book, How to Be Happily Divorced, which is now an Amazon bestseller. So thank you. Amber. Wonderful. Um, my name is Amber Anderson. I'm with a luxury broker with Sotheby's International Realty. I've uh, been in the industry over 20 years now. Um, I also uh, hold the position of president of the La Jolla Village Merchants Association, which is kind of like our chamber of commerce. Um, hold various kind of positions on committees. I'm the coach to my daughter's basketball team, which is one of my favorite positions right now. Um, but just truly um, have always been in the trenches to um, help inspire and level up uh, others in my industry as well. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm Marguerite Lorenz, private trustee and executor. I work with high net worth elders who keep their estate plans up to date, and I'm the one they trust to put their plan into action. I am president of the Estate Planning Group Network. That's estateplanninggroups.com. And I'm also vice president of the Independent Trustee Alliance. And you can find more information at trusteealliance.com. And I'm also president of Lorenz Private Trustees. And you can look for information there at mytrustee.net. Marguerite, you actually, I, I gave you the opportunity to title this episode. Do you remember what that what you chose? Yes. Why plan ahead? And I'm going to be really curious, um, listening in the background, um, I mean, I think I know the kind of planning we're talking about. We're not talking about vacations, are we? Well, it, if you can plan a vacation, you can plan the rest of your life. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yes. And we often spend a lot more time with that kind of planning than we do on the important things. And part mm -hmm. of what we're going to talk about today are what are we planning for? Mm -hmm. What's it all about? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm ready with some questions for Barbara and Amber. And I wanted to start with how you define success. Let's start with you, Amber. What's your definition for success? Well, in the past, I used to say, you know, when I've reached the top, which was a, a much different question I was asking myself. And success to me now is really being at a level 10 in all aspects of my life, not just my career, but my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children, my health, um, really feeling like those are, you know, I don't think I, I've yet to have 10s in all areas, but getting there is something that I feel successful at. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Barbara, what's, what's your definition for success? 
you know, I'm listening to Amber and I think you're exactly right. I think about um, that second mountain that we climb and the first one was all about success and creating things. But at this point in my life, it's about my relationships. How much time do I spend with my children and my grandchildren? How, how am I with my friends? And then in my career, I think you're right, Amber, I wanna hit tens all around. How good of a job am I doing with people's life savings? Are we helping them to create happiness with their money? Are we helping them to create their legacies? Um, really what it boils down to for me is the relationships that we have in life, the fun that we have in life and the impact that we can have on our communities. I really love that. That's beautiful. Um, mine's pretty simple. Um, for me, success means I get to do whatever I want whenever I want to. You know, I, it's, it's kind of beyond freedom and financial security. You know, I want to spend quality time with my kids. I can make that decision. I can put it on the calendar and it happens. And I really feel like I'm creating my life as opposed to my life happening to me. And I think part of the power in that is that I'm planning ahead. And a lot of us struggle with planning ahead. I've been a single mom. I had two little boys. I moved cities. You know, it's so vital and so important for us to value our lives and our choices. And uh, part of my answer to why plan ahead is I don't want the crisis to make my decisions. Right. Right. Uh, we end up with a lot of challenges. Uh, if you have little kids, you know, right? Everybody's ready for school. Everything's going fine. We all had breakfast. We get to the car and the car's not working. Yep. You know, uh, what do you do? And how does that tie in with your definition of success? Well, and, and one of the things I've had to learn because planning is, is always critical and, and business and the kids things always made the calendar. But me, my wellness time, time that was important for me to focus on my health was never planned. It was always when I was in a crisis mode and, and needing to find that type of, um, you know, just relief for myself. And so, you know, planning that and scheduling that just like I do everything else is now a part of my routine, which has been very helpful because I'm not crashing because I've given myself the support to focus on the things I need to feel healthy. Right. And I think that also applies to our teams too, doesn't it? You know, it the people that we work with and nurturing them. Um, Barbara, we were talking about um, that feeling of having good plans, right? We've got ourselves ready to go. And then something goes amiss. Something we didn't plan for happens. You know, what do you do? Well, my answer about the uh, car not working right is I have a AAA membership. It gives me peace of mind. I hardly ever use it ever. But I pay for that. So I know I have it if I need it. What do you think, Barbara? What, what things have gone on for you about? Uh... You know, this is a really interesting, I just had a discussion with this with a friend a couple of days ago. And um, so as you know, I recently lost my mom, and I feel like I'm walking into this, you know, naked, alone and blind. And I was talking with a friend and I said, you know, um, I'm trying to think of all of the things that could go wrong, all of the things I have to do. And it's like the chatter in your brain um, of all of the things that could happen, all of the outcomes, all of the things that we got to do. And I said, I kind of feel like if I don't do this, I won't be ready for what happens. And so almost that chatter is like getting an education. Um, but as I stepped back and realized that I had no control over a lot of this stuff, that I don't know a lot of this stuff, I couldn't prepare for it. 
it was people like you, Marguerite, um, where I could pick up the phone and get help. And if I don't know what to do, there's always someone on the other end of the phone. And if they can't do it, they know somebody else. And so I think just relax in life because we don't know everything. But you know what? We've got people who love us. Oh, that's really well said. Thank you for that. I, When I think yeah. about planning ahead, there's next week and there might be a vacation next year. And then there's me at 90 years old. And I have plans for all those things because it's part of what I think about. I've always been a planner. I like to write things down. I like to write down that hope or that dream or that possibility or those people that I want to be with. And that's a simple thing about planning ahead, right? Connecting with the other people, getting on someone else's calendar. And I want to address anyone who's listening who's really in a quandary about their estate planning or they think estate planning is just for rich people or for somebody but not me. Like, what do I have that it'd be worth doing any planning for? Well, I would argue that if you have a body, you need a plan. And by the way, I've already trademarked that. And I also would suggest that you really need to think about you in the future a little more vulnerable than you are now. So I'm interested, ladies, in, in your take on that, that kind of planning. Can you picture a time when you're more vulnerable and what kind of plans could you put in place so you're protected and safe and happy? Well, hearing you talk makes me um, reflect, self-reflect that I need to do more planning because as you're right, as you know, um, you start in your younger years and maybe you don't have a ton of assets and you think, well, why do I need to have a trust or things in place? And then you've got kids and, you know, some of the things that you don't want to have to think about. But if something were to happen to us, what would that look like? But even beyond that, thinking years ahead, you know, it's it's wonderful to have friends like you that remind us that sometimes we do need to take a step back and, you know, whether it is comfortable or uncomfortable to think, we get to have that design now and put it out there of what we want that to look like. Um, so for me, I, I'm reminding myself I need to do some more planning of what that looks like. <laughs> That's fair. How about you, Barbara? Yeah, vulnerability is a tough thing. I know for my kids, I feel like my estate planning is order. I've got all the spreadsheets with all the accounts and all the instructions. But that vulnerability piece, like asking for help, there's going to come a time when we get incapacitated, um, when we're going to have to ask for help. And that's where the vulnerability comes in. And there are certain things I don't want my kids to do. Um, you know, there, And then there are things that I don't want them to do. I don't want them to fight. And I know that like, I've got two very strong daughters, very strong-willed, very smart. And I've got a son in the middle who's just, he's a, he's a mush ball. He's as tender as could be. Um, when those two go at it, the jealousies and the egos, I don't want them doing my estate plan because the family will get torn up. And so it's all of those little vulnerabilities that we need to think about and plan for. Um, so, and that's, I think too, where Marguerite, you come in because we want to keep the family together. And those are the, those are the soft spots. Those are the tender spots that we really need to be thinking about. Yeah. I think our, our expectations of our children probably need to be adjusted somewhat. I, I have six sons. You know, I have two that I made and four that I'm privileged um, to be stepmom to. And none of those men are going to bathe me when the time comes. Forget it, right? I want to keep my dignity and I want to keep our relationship mm -hmm. as wholesome and as 
good as we have it now. And if I can't be in conversation, uh, I would like chocolate ice cream, please. I would like uh, maybe a puppy occasionally to be on my lap or, you know, something like that. I'm allergic to cats, just for the record. Um, but, you know, the idea that I would still get to have enjoyment, that I would still get to have my feelings of freedom. Because remember, my definition for success is being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it. Well, that also includes being in a healthy body. So I've been really taking strides to feel good inside my own skin because at some point I know I'm going to need some kind of care. And that's how I'm going to help that caregiver by being in as good shape as I can be. So I'm not a 450 pound mass that needs to be removed from, you know, my room at some point. No, I, I want to be as healthy as I can be because who knows the mind might go first. Right. Um, so as we're considering our, our plans, um, tell me about a plan you made that was successful, that came true. Something that you thought of, something you dreamed of, and that you actually made happen. Amber, for you, I'm thinking Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in the Midwest in a small town in Southeast Kansas. I fortunately went to San Diego State and have stayed here. But there was a something very important about, you know, teaching my girls who are in third and fourth grade about the lifestyle and the freedoms that I had growing up. And while we were looking for an investment property just as a, you know, something that we could Airbnb, um, you know, it, it dawned on me that having something that also in an area that I could experience, you know, my kids chasing fireflies at night and getting dirty because they're fishing and hooking the worm. And those are things that when we first got out there, they, you know, there's only so many times I'm going to put the worm on the hook for my daughter until I'm like, just go for it. And you know, at first it was just the thought of, hey, we can make this happen. And now it's really become very surreal that it, it is part of our life. And now we get to take family vacations. And uh, it's been so cool to see them outside of city life and have some freedoms, you know, go outside and play and not have to worry about, you know, stay right in the front yard, you know, because it's very rural. It's on the lake. It's uh, 40 minutes from my hometown. So they get to see their cousins and family that, you know, we didn't often get to see. And while it is still a little surreal that I'm, you know, flying into Tulsa from San Diego to drive to this lake, when all as a young child I wanted to do was to get out of the Midwest, it has so much uh, more meaning for our family and family time. And, and just I feel a sense of freedom that they're going to have with that experience that they wouldn't otherwise get. And just an awareness that there's other things in the life we live every yeah. day. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. How about you, Barbara? What have you planned for that came true? Um, so I was a single mom, um, like like a lot of us. And as I was coming out of this divorce, um, I wanted the best for my kids. And my financial plan said, you cannot live in that neighborhood. You cannot send your child to that private school. It told me all the things that I couldn't do, um, which was heartbreaking, especially for my kid. That wasn't the mom I wanted to be. That wasn't what I wanted to provide for my kids. So I rolled up my sleeves. And um, back in the day, I got on Craigslist and I found another single mom. And we rented this gorgeous home in Carmel Valley, the one I couldn't have. And uh, we shared that home together. And my daughter would drive her son to to school in the morning, we'd get in the kitchen at night and we'd drink wine and cook dinners and laugh. If one of us had an appointment that night and the other one had to take over, you know, it's like, go ahead, I got you. And um, so it, it really did 
and my daughter got to go to that school. So I think getting out of the box and getting creative, but um, if I could just take this story a little bit further because it's so fun. Please. Um, when it comes to birthday parties in a neighborhood like that, you're getting like these gold foil wrapped things with, you know, limousines going to pick you up. We're going to get our nails done. We're going to go build a bear and then we're going to go to the club and have a tea. And it's how do you compete with that? And so um, one of my daughters came up with the idea of a jello war and I bought pizzas. I bought six cases of whipped cream and everybody bought gallon bags of homemade jello. And they had a food fight with this jello. Um, and I think the first year we had 76 kids. The next year it was 120 something. And the third year I couldn't even count how many people were at that jello war. And I was even sitting on a soccer field in Arizona and some guy came up to me and he said, my daughter knows somebody who went to your daughter's birthday party. And um, so That's awesome. when I think about planning <laughs> things, like just get out of the box and make it fun. And I just, I feel like a really successful parent um, just because probably because I didn't have money and I had to be creative. Yes. I remember, I remember those days where I wasn't sure I'd make the rent. And yeah. I remember those days when I had to put groceries back because I, I couldn't buy what I had selected, you know. And part of that is also my entrepreneurial spirit, the decision that I really wanted to create something that would not only support me and my family, but would allow me to have some financial security. So for any woman out there who's listening to this show, I want you to know that all of us came from a place where we weren't sure, you know, we didn't mm -hmm. know we would end up in this good a life, in this great a place, but we were persistent. We asked for help. We communicated with other people when we felt we couldn't meet those commitments. And we figured out what to do by watching other people. I mean, that's really how this is done. And I know it looks like a mystery. I know it looks like some other people are successful as if by magic. And magic just means you don't know exactly how. That's all you don't know is how. Maybe if we just focus on the what and we ask for help, we're going to get exactly what we need. And, that, and that's part of this, right? So I wanted to talk a little bit more about estate planning. I appreciate, Amber, you bringing that up in terms of something you need to work on. I think a lot of people are afraid of it. And part of the fear is that we don't know how to predict the future. Well, what you need to know about estate planning is that it doesn't require knowing exactly what the future holds. What estate planning is about is setting down your preferences. So as an example, um, I want you both to picture for a moment, you're 85 years old. Picture how old that makes your spouse, picture how old that makes your children, uh, picture the house that you live in. You know, you're 85. What do you think is different about being 85 from where you are now? Oh, well, in my mind, I'd like to think not much because in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to be healthy. The difference is going to be time. You know, I think when you think about children and being in a place where I'm going to get to see them often or be a part of their lives, um, you know, my husband is similar in age to me, but making sure that I have the resources because the one part, I mean, I have a, a bum knee, and I one thing that concerns me is when I'm 85, I've had two ACLs and a cleanup on it. Will I still have the mobility that I have now? True, I mean, just like get to, a new one. Well, I, that's what technology by that time, <laughs> you just get a, a solid one. Um, but it's a good question because I don't often 
think about that. Okay, we'll give that a little bit more thought. I want to give Barbara a chance to think about that. What does the 85 look like for you? I think 85, um, as I get older, I worry financially less. And I, I love the peace of mind and the freedom that comes with that. Um, I find that as I age, I'm valuing relationships more. Um, 85, boy, I plan on still being on the floor, playing with my grandkids, chasing after them. They'll probably beat me, but that's okay. Um, I mean, at 85, I still life, I still see life as really, really full, traveling and enjoying holidays and enjoying family. So I guess it gets more simple as we get older, but I think it, the depth and the happiness broaden. I, I, I love that. I think it's beautiful. I already have a grab bar in my little toilet room. I have, I have set up my shower so that I can step into it easily. Um, I live in a single story house that I plan to live in for the next 30 years of my life. And I realize that my babies will be closer to 60 than they are to 50 when I'm 85 years old. And, you know, I, I think about um, my relationships with them, of course, and my relationship with my friends. You know, I've already, um, I'm almost 60 now, and I've, I've already lost a couple of friends. You know, things have changed. The people that didn't plan well really ended up with some, not only big health issues, but no way to deal with it. You know, and so if you're wondering how you're going to deal with your financial future, uh, you know, take the risk. Talk with one or two financial advisors. Find someone you feel understands you and just have the conversation. You don't have to hire anybody today. You might not feel like you have enough to get it financial advice, but here's the secret about my experience with financial advice, and maybe Barbara could speak to this a little bit, is that I had nothing and I made that phone call. And it was more to say, what do I do? How do I accumulate? How do I take what little I'm making now and make it more? Give me, give me some courage. And that's when I realized confidence can be arranged. You know, that you actually need a chance to talk with someone about maybe your silly questions and be vulnerable with a professional who's seen it all because you can't possibly have seen all the clients and all their stories and all their successes and failures and the things they learned from. But a professional who's dealt with hundreds of clients, oh, that person has perspective. That person can guide you. What do you think, Barbara? You know, it's interesting because I'm seeing this theme coming up a lot lately, and that's that people are afraid to ask for help because they feel like they're going to be judged by what they don't have or what they have not accomplished in life. Um, we have become such a success-driven society, and I'm finding this even with people who are successful. They're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of asking for help. And also, they're afraid of cracking open that financial plan because of what it might say about them. That's just been an interesting revelation to me. And so I think to anybody, like what Marguerite was saying, just, just start. We're all in the same boat together, but money is such a taboo topic. People don't talk about it with each other. Like someone will tell you how much money they made, but they will not give you the underworkings of what they lost or where they're at. And that's okay. You don't have to share it with friends and family, but get someone to help you. Um, and you might find out that you're not in such a bad place either. Oh, yeah, that was a revelation when I got my estate plan and the inventory was done and I was talking with the attorney. I actually had more than I realized. And that was eye-opening for me. But here's the yeah. other thing, too. I've been in that space where I didn't want to balance my checkbook because I knew I didn't have enough to cover. 
I had to operate in the space of magic because I just didn't have enough. And if I knew exactly what the zeros were, that, that would have been punishing for me. So I avoided that information. Um, but it, I did get help. I did finally become vulnerable enough with my excellent, beautiful stepmother, who's now lo no longer with us. But wow, I mean, to have be loved and to feel like I had nothing, right? But to be loved through that, that's what we're looking for. How about you, Amber? You know, it's it's interesting because as I, I'm in my early 40s and, you know, as I've focused highly on our business and getting it successful and we've contributed to 401k and, you know, I'm, I'm getting at a point and, and I can agree, Barbara, I think some part of hesitation is, you know, am I worthy enough? Do I have enough? You know, and, you know, I'm looking at our budget, you know, and we're, we've got an allocation for you know, retirement and things. And I remember saying, well, is this even enough? Like, how do we know that this is, you know, and my husband has kind of always loved kind of, you know, some of the financial, you know, investing and things like that. But having a true retirement plan or financial plan is really something where we're finding ourselves going, there shouldn't be a mystery. At this point, we should really know what it's going to take to maintain that level. Um, so we're we're in a in a good spot for some need to get some professional right, and that was not that I don't you know I think my husband has has taken us to where we are now, but I I think we're kind of needing to take that next step and make sure that we understand what it's going to take to have the levels that we need to have because what I have on my budget may and what we're contributing to our four hundred one k may not do it, and we just really don't know at this point. And, and knowing Brandon, your husband, the way I do, I know he's super capable and super smart. But I've also realized as a professional in the estate planning world that none of us can be objective about our own circumstance. And the power of working with a professional is really getting that person's perspective in a really objective, neutral way in terms of what you have and what's going on. And then you can ask questions and that professional can ask you questions to get you to a place where you didn't even know you wanted to go. So there's some real beauty in developing those relationships. Go ahead, Barbara. Yeah, if I could add to that, because the devil is in the detail, we can do a really good job, but what are the questions that we don't know to ask? What are the things that are out there that we don't know about? And I think that's where that professional advisor can come in and give you those estate planning tips, those financial planning tips, those home buying tips. We're not equipped to know everything. No one is. No one is. And so uh, the successful clients that I've had, and, and again, the definition of success might vary from person to person, but let's say generally people with more than enough, meaning you have enough to pay for all of your needs and enough to share and left more to spare, right? That's, that's one definition of success that we have plenty. And those folks have a CPA, they have an estate planning attorney, and they have a financial advisor. No one of those three professionals is the one-stop shop. They shouldn't be. And please avoid one-stop shops. I know we love our convenience. I know we love that. But I really want that independent CPA looking at the estate planning attorney's suggestions, looking at the financial advisor's suggestions, being able to talk with me about what they see. And so I'm the decision maker. The client is the decision maker. We're talking about advisors now. You know, your doctor is just an advisor. They can't tell you what to do. They can't make you take the medicine. 
right? They can just advise you and let you know what they see. And maybe you need a second opinion. Well, that's true for financial and estate planning matters also. Some estate planning situations can be very complex. So now you're talking about somebody with multiple properties, a vacation home they want to keep in the family, um, maybe a business that they think that their children are going to want to take over. And so that's when you really need professionals, right? But let's go back to that single mom. Let's go back to that person who doesn't have all that much. You might be afraid that it's going to cost something to get that advice. Well, I would suggest that you ask your questions anyway. Plenty of us are out there. We're successful. We would love the opportunity to help somebody who's just trying to figure it out. So if you don't know what questions to ask, ask somebody, what questions should I be asking? Right. And that helps a lot. Add some more thoughts to that, Amber. Well, I think it's, it is really you don't know what you don't know sometimes. And the hesitancy and the vulnerability to put yourself out there is something that it can be a challenge for some, especially if you don't, like I said earlier, you don't feel like you're worthy or you don't feel like you have enough. Um, you know, as, as I'm, you know, building my business and understanding each aspect, you realize and you become way more aware that, okay, well, there's way more to it. But sometimes it's a, it's a, it's an evolution and it's a process. And, you know, going back and we were talking about earlier, just about, um, being around people that are going to encourage you and remind you and then hold you accountable to do those things are important too, because it's just, like you said, being able to ask the questions maybe you don't know. And, you know, a lot of people think it has to be paid advice or, you, oh, you're not going to, I have to pay for those things. And I think you're right. It's just using your resources and reaching out to the people that are going to help you. And being kind to those people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I baked a pie for somebody who gave me a lot of advice and a lot of time and attention. I didn't have money to pay, but I sure had love to give. And I think we forget that sometimes. We think it's all about the transaction. You know, and I, I wanted to get back to our main question, which was why plan ahead? You know, life has a lot of surprises in it. And I want my preferences to be known. Now, I'm not stuck on those preferences. Often when I learn something new, I want to go back and update that estate plan because I've learned something that is important to me. And so understand about the estate planning process. It's an ongoing journey. Once you begin, you start with the estate plan. It might be basic. It might be something you did yourself. Um, I also recommend please talk to an attorney. But okay, you know, we do what we can afford. Maybe it's better than nothing. But as you go through life, every few years or so, it's good to stop and kind of look, oh, look what I've achieved. And I probably need an update. And estate planning laws change. And our landscape changes and the tax landscape changes. So there are other reasons to update your estate plan rather than you just don't like that child-in-law anymore. Barbara, you have any thoughts about that? I do. I'm smiling. <laughs> um, as I've kind of gone through all these iterations of my own estate planning, estate planning is one of the biggest love letters that you could ever write, mm. um, which is, you know, what am I leaving to my kids? How am I leaving them? And now I have these grandbabies and what am I doing for them? And recently the question has come into who do I not love? And that would be attorneys and the IRS. And what can I do to disinherit them? And so um, all those questions come into play as we're starting to think ahead. And who do we want to leave money to and who do we don't want to leave money to? Yeah, I think the IRS gets plenty, right? More than their share. Well, they should get their share. Right. We want. We definitely want to pay our share. We're good citizens, right? But we also want to be smart about it. 
And there might be charities that would really benefit from whatever we have to spare. And especially because we want to leave the world a little better than we found it. Um, so I've learned to embrace my mortality. Uh, when I got my estate plan done, my boys were just eight and nine years old. I cried. It took me like six hours to read through the drafts that my attorney had prepared because I would start welling up and crying again about the milestones I would miss. So I'm only picturing death in my first estate plan. Well, now I think about my vulnerability or my incapacity. Do I really want my boys to physically take care of me? Hell no. No. I want them to be able to visit me. I want them to, if I have to be in a wheelchair, push me around the museum, but I don't want you to have to deal with the other stuff. So I've made plans that way. I bought long-term care insurance. I've kept my estate plan up to date. And my kids don't know the details. They just know I have a plan. You know, so if you're thinking about it and, you know, you're living in your apartment and you're barely getting by, I want you to know that you still need a power of attorney for finance, you still need a will, and you still need an advanced health care directive. You might not need a trust because you don't own real property. I get that. But if it means that you go to your state website and see if they have any fill-in-the-blank forms, if that means that you go to the local library and see if they ever have an estate planning workshop or if there's uh, a local legal services, you know, they, there are attorneys who volunteer their time at senior centers, you know, so that people at least get a basic plan. So just keep those three documents in mind. If you have nothing at all, please get a will, a power of attorney for finance, and an advanced health care directive. Um, we're going to wrap up pretty soon, but I just, I'm just so pleased and honored to have your company, both of you. Um, I want the listeners to know that leaders had to come from someplace. You know, you're not born that way necessarily. There's a lot of work to do. Um, I'd like you both to think about some advice you could give to someone who'd like to be in leadership someday but isn't there yet, because you're both leaders in your industries, you know. Uh, what advice do you have to someone who really wants to make it big? Well, I go back to who you spend your time with. And, you know, as I do my business plan for the year, I also do my my personal board of directors, the the people, the women that are going to be in my life that are going to be positive for me and help me accomplish my goals. And if you're not somebody who's going to bring positivity, you may fall off the friend roster or the person that I'm going to spend time with. Because to me, I have found as I've, um, you know, started at the very bottom, you know, I didn't come from much and I've had to create everything that I have. It's making sure that you have the inspiration to keep going because it's going to get tough. And, you know, while we exude our energy and give it all to everybody, it's nice to be around people that fill you up too. And so for me, I think it's just important to understand who your peer group is. Are they there to, you know, when they see you walk in the room, they smile and they lighten up and they're th your biggest fan. Those are the people you want to be around. And you will come across the success shamers that for whatever reason, it's it's almost a negative that you're successful versus a positive and or family members are, you know, I just, you know, to me, they don't have room in my life anymore because it's important for my success to be around people that want me to be successful too. I love that. I love that. I have to share something, uh, woman to woman, okay? So I'm at a big social gathering. My husband-to-be and I, we're just dating. 
Uh, he'd been in a singles group for over a year, and I went to my first event. We met, connected, and we've been together ever since. But after that, I'd go to these social events, and a woman, and this happened 11 times in my life, a woman has crossed the room all the way over to where I am and says, I hate you. And I'm like, okay, that obviously has nothing to do with me. And I thought, you've made all that effort. It took courage to make your way all the way over here. And what you could have said was, how'd you do it? So I want to offer that to any woman who's experiencing envy because another woman you know appears to have more than you do. And by the way, I'm sick of us comparing our insides to other people's outsides. We're going to have to do that on another show. But the idea, the concept, right, that you would say something like that to someone instead of, I want what you have. Could you show me how? And you would have. Oh, yeah. I'm an open and book. And she does. I, it's what I do. Um, Barbara, what do you think about that? Your advice. Well, echoing what you're both saying is find a mentor or two, because we don't know how to do this. And you need someone who's going to show you the way, who's going to encourage you, who's going to turn you on to other people who can help you. So find those mentors. Um, second thing is, if, and, and you touched on this earlier, Marguerite, what do you want your future self to be? And so if I have my future self out there and she's a leader and she's a wonderful thing and I'm not there yet today, if I'm making a decision, I can tap into what does that future self look like and do. And it's almost like you're there and you're doing it. Um, so future self. And then the third thing is don't be a people pleaser. I, the road to success is paved with failures. Um, and it's paved with people who you've upset along the way. If you have a burning passion, if you have something that you really want to accomplish in this life, don't let anybody stand in your way. Don't let any judgment of you get in your way. Get that mentor and go. Yeah, talk to your mentor when you've been criticized because there might be a little kernel of truth in it. And it's good mm. to explore it a little bit. Um, but my dad said, if you don't have any detractors, you're not doing enough. So um, I have my share too. <laughs> and I just want to thank you both so much for being with me today. Um, this has been so much fun, and I really hope we get a chance to do it again. Oh, great. No, thanks for having us. This was a lot of fun. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, it was so wonderful to be with you guys. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us, John. you kidding? It's my pleasure. I'm sitting here going, estate planning as a love letter? Mm. I mean, I really it love is. that. It's fantastic. Beautiful. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, and yes, we will do more because uh, incredibly valuable. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks.